Welcome to Divorce Diary Show podcast. Before we get started, here is a clip from last week's sold out Santa Monica Live Divorce Diaries. Recently met a new guy. Yay! Yay! Well, just wait. <laughs> he's Jewish and he's very conservative. His friend is here tonight, so I hope you sign an NDA before you leave. <laughs> so, you know, he's really sweet, though, and, like, and he's he eats kosher. He only eats kosher, right? And so, like, I am the opposite of conservative. You're like, I'll eat a rock if you tell me it's a big bat. <laughs> we have a divorced rabbi here tonight. He's going to bless my vagina tonight so I can get a boyfriend. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I thought it was good. I thought it was good. <laughs> I was sweating doing this joke tonight. I'm, like, I'm gonna fucking joke it out. Well, the thing is, like, I we I so Noam is a divorce rally. Is this great like brand? Is awesome. And we did a podcast together. And I said, oh my gosh, like he's so cute and sweet, and he's like into faith and spiritual and all that fun stuff. And like, uh, I was like, why can't I meet a guy like that on the East Coast? You know, I was like, God. Please bring me a guy like that. No fucking joke. At my show, this tall, dark, handsome guy shows up. And I, he tells me, he's like, I heard your podcast with a divorced rabbi. I'm like, are you Jewish? He's like, yeah. So I was like, ha, baby, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all this stuff, they're texting, messaging, all this fun stuff, and he's being attentive and sensitive and sweet, and then, like, my birthday's coming around the corner, right, so he keeps hinting at taking me out and getting me a gift, and I was like, and so he says, he's like, I got you a gift, and I want to talk about, like, seeing you for your birthday, I got so excited, I shaved everything, like, I, like, I plucked nipple hair, He's like, no, 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 no. I was like, oh, the man Jesus, right? Got it. <laughs> okay, all right, I don't know if everybody got that, but so he's like, no. he's like, no, you're like our religious backgrounds. I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, I was like, I don't know. I, it's, it's not a big deal to me. Like, I was thinking, I always want this Romeo and Juliet like romance. Like, let's fucking break rules, but not kill each other. You know. <laughs> relationship is hot, you know? And, like, I was excited to learn about his practices and, and do all these things. Like, I've eaten challah bread before. I know, that sounds stupid, but <laughs> like, I was picturing myself learning about this shit. Meanwhile, he was like, I don't think I can be this bitch. And I was like, oh my god, I'm such an idiot. And he's like, no, 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 you're, you've got such a kind soul. I was like, oh god, here we go. This is not a good conversation. Yeah, it was on my birthday, too. He's testing all of this shit. I was like, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. I just plucked my nipple hair and got an infection. Thank you. Happy birthday. I'm going to die alone with a nipple infection. And confused about my religion. Happy birthday to me. 
There we go. That's all right. It's okay. I'm still hopeless, romantic. Welcome to Divorce Diaries Show, guys. It's me, Michelle Trana, the creator of Divorce Diaries. I am back from being on the road from a crazy additional weekend of a lot more gigs in Jersey, New York, and I have my voice back. I did not record an episode last week because I lost my voice, um, but it's back, um, and I am excited to talk to you guys again, the five listeners that I have in my podcast. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling really in my feelings tonight. Not that I ever lie. I don't know why. I'm not going to lie. I don't know why I do that. Um, okay. So I am trying to edit a clip from, so what you just heard, which is hopefully going to be on before you hear me say this. So what you just heard was a clip from my Santa Monica show, show in LA. What the fuck is wrong with me? This is how fuck, fucking in my emotions I am. I can't talk. The clip you just heard was from my Santa Monica show, which was sold out. Woo, 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 woo. And uh, great crowd. Great crowd, both San Diego and Santa Monica. Um, pulled it out. I'm starting to really see my followers come through and come out, and it's great. Um, I did not sell out San Diego, but we did We did do a good, good house. We did a house, nice house size for the show. Um, and that clip that you heard was about this new guy that I have been like on and off talking to. Um, I don't say dating because we didn't even get to the start line and um, I'm not talking to him anymore as of today. And, and like for good, I'm really in my feelings about it and I'm very upset. And I was hesitant to record tonight, but I, I didn't record last week. And I also deleted the last episode from my podcast because I talked about him and I should have not deleted it. Um, he, he didn't tell me to delete it or anything. I took it upon myself to delete it because he, um, is a very private person and brought it to my attention that he does not want to be in any kind of public presence or platform. Um, and I struggled with when he told me that because like, we're already struggling with one issue about us being from these different religious backgrounds. Um, and if you're, if you're just tuning in, this is like not a new boyfriend or anything like that. Not that I've had a boyfriend in the recent years. Um, but this is a new guy that I met a couple months ago, like two months ago. He came to my show. I've said this before. He came to my show, popped up. I like to say that the divorce rabbi, like I said in that clip, fucking manifested it. I guess I need to be clear to God. Like, yes, we want this type of guy, but he also wants to be willing to be in a relationship with me, regardless if I eat a Big Mac, follow Jesus, wear underwear, or uh, do stand-up comedy. So I guess we should clarify that to G to God, Jesus, whoever I'm supposed to call. And now I I'm just all confused in my life right now. Um, so I really, really did like him. Um, he was a little different than the other guys, I guess I usually am into, which are big, these big Hispanic men or got this Latin charm. I like a lot in Latin men. I talk about that in my stand-up. But, you know, again, going back to what I always say is I feel like in the last seven years, if not even throughout my life, these, even my ex-husband, I feel like they, these men come in the same, uh, they come in different costumes, but they come with the same uh, conflict. You know, they can't be with me or they have, I have to shift something about myself in order for them to be with me. Even in my marriage, um, when I met my ex-husband, I was acting full time and, and he never said to quit, but he made me feel like I should shift something because it would make him uncomfortable. He did a couple of things, um, in, in my early on in my relationship that made me feel like I needed to change, which was my own stupidity, not his at all. Um, uh, but 
so this guy and I, um, yeah, we, we definitely connected and had chemistry and I had said twice, I think throughout the time that we were talking, like, if you can't figure it, like he brought it to my attention with the religion, religious backgrounds, mostly cause he practices, he, he's very, you know, very much practicing his faith. And I practice my faith as well, but we're coming from two different backgrounds. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually very nervous to even talk about this right now because I, the last one I had the conversation with him about talking about him through my podcast and stand up, he brought up a lot of other stuff that I was like, wait, now there's this. And I had no voice when I was talking to him and I, I wanted to talk to him about it, but it was like, I don't know. My, my brain was so shot last week and I was like, fine. And, and we, we weren't, we weren't talking because I told him to stop talking to me. And then we did talk because one of his friends came to the show and I thought it was really sweet. And then we had a conversation like, can we meet? Sure. Let's meet up. And this whole fucking thing. Um, so now I'm nervous to talk about it, but I don't feel like it's authentic to who I am and what I'm doing with my business and my work to not talk about it. Of course, I don't mention names of these men or anybody in my life. Um, but, you know, this really took uh, a toll on me in both a positive and a negative way in the last two months. Um, of course, I want to open myself up to new experiences and new men that could be lovers and partners, um, really partners, because I don't want a fucking just a lover. Um, I can't handle that. Uh, in fact, I will probably just handle it with my one ex boyfriend who was a cop. That is probably the only person I can handle it with because it, it's been so long. Like he was the last guy I slept with and he, it was months ago. And like, it was just, it, it, okay. I'm veering off task. I'll go back to that in a second. I can't do just lovers. I need to have a relationship and I've struggled in the last seven years, uh, since I was married finding the right partner for me. Um, and there's always this common thread where, you know, they think they come, it's not like these guys come saying like, Oh, I just want to fuck you. No, they come bearing gifts. Like, like, I, I think I was trying to explain this to him. It's not like the, I, like these other guys just came going, I want to fuck you bitch and leave you. No, 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 no. They came doing the same similar things that he's doing that he did, you know, being nice, being sweet, being sensitive, um, saying the right things. Maybe like the first couple, like the first guy, the cop wasn't, no, he actually, he was kind of sweet too, but they then turn it around and, 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 and then present the issue, which is they can't commit. Um, and they, and they present the issue being, I can't commit because, you know, this is too intense or I can't commit because of my wife, or I can't commit because of work. <laughs> I can't commit because I live in LA, you know, those kinds of things. And I have had men who I connected with somebody from high school who was in a relationship who was hitting on me. And I was like, what are you doing? And I liked him too. I was like, what are you doing? You're in a relationship. Like, what are you fucking doing? He's like, I have to figure myself out. You're right. I think you're so great. We have chemistry. Let me figure myself out. And then like two months go by, I don't hear from him. And he's like, yeah, I worked out with my girlfriend. What? So I'm tired of being the emotional support dog for people. Like it's it, like, I, I get like, it's not just, I just want to fuck her. The men, these men that I am attracted to that are attracted to me too. Like that I have a quote unquote connection with it's always like I'm this emotional support dog for them. And I've talked about this before and I don't know if it was really like, 
this guy may have been different, um, but his 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 monologue, um, this inner monologue of not being able to date me was the same as the rest of them. Um, and I finally today was like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And it was hard for me to say that because um, I still had hope in the back of my head that he would turn around and be like, no, I don't want to lose you. <laughs> yeah, right. The motherfucker turned around and said, yeah, I agree. Oh my God. And he not only said, yeah, I agree. He went on to say like nice things covered in, I can't give you what you need. Oh, come on. I didn't even like, you didn't even need to say that. You don't need to throw soul on the fucking wound. First of all. And second of all, I hate that when men say that I hate in general, women say, I can't give you what you need. First of all, speaking as a woman and you speaking as a man, no, you're right. You can never give a woman what you need because you can't fucking turn your dick into a vibrator and you don't give birth. So you can never give us women what we really motherfucking need, which is help. That's a new bit I'm working on. Now, I know the guy's coming not from like a hateful place and saying stuff like that, but, and plus he, he said like another, a bunch of other nice things, but like, I, I don't hear those nice things anymore. He didn't, he, he got me a couple of gifts for my birthday. And, and like, I finally, I guess I'm skipping all over the place. I, we ended up seeing each other this weekend and it was very lovely, but within five minutes of me leaving, it t- became not good. And I, it was like, it ruined the entire feelings I had and because he brought it up again. And I just, I told him last week when we spoke, why don't we just take it slow and and down the road, we can bring up religion. But for him, it's gotta be like right now. I don't even know if I would consider the Saturday, this past Saturday night, a date because it was after I worked and he made me dinner at his house. And and I had, I stayed over because it was late and it, it wasn't supposed to be anything inappropriate because I said, I was like, I'm just afraid to drive home because it's, it's, it's late and it's a two and a half, it was an hour and a half drive. So it didn't get to any level of, um, you know, we didn't have sex or anything like that, but it was a really nice physical for, it was the probably, I have not had foreplay like that in a long time. Um, and it was great. But I didn't even let, like, I didn't touch, like, I could feel that if I touched, like, if, I started to have like a little bit of alarms going off, even though I was feeling really good. Um, I was like, oh, maybe I made a big mistake in, in staying over because now he's probably getting mixed signals, even though he knew what my brain was thinking. Like, he was very, very gentleman-like in the sense of like, no, I'm not going to push it. But like, it was very hard for both of us, I feel like, to not touch each other. So, and I, and I really even wasn't, you know, I just felt like if I touch him, then it's signaling that it's okay. But like his hands on me and all oh, was so fucking good. It felt so amazing. And I have been longing for that, um, that kind of touch from a man where that like knows how to touch my body and just listens to me and, and not even going past like second base. That's what I'm saying. Like this doesn't even didn't, this didn't even go to third base. Okay. This was really good foreplay. And I felt even before this, that him and I would have this. And you know why I knew we were going to have good physical chemistry? Because there's a fucking problem with him committing to me. I knew it. I was like, well, the chemistry is going to probably be really good. And and I don't even want to say commitment. Like he's got to fucking marry me. This is just like, let's date each other. He can't even do that because I don't practice this 
this lifestyle. And I don't even know really what all of it is. I'm willing to learn. I was willing to learn and, uh, you know, practice whenever I could with him, but like, still there's a problem. And, um, he tried to explain it with about like God and the relationship with God and interconnectedness. And, and I was getting really lost and confused and aggravated because, um, number one, I am working my ass off and trying to juggle that with my daughter, keeping my house clean, which is not, it's a mess right now and my finances. And I just want to enjoy somebody and date them. And I don't want it to be complicated. And he's making it, he was making it extremely complicated. Um, and I don't know how he would not make it complicated with somebody else. That that's where the other thing was bothering me. I was like, are you doing this with every woman? Because I, and like, I don't want to put that down on him, but it was like, this whole thing was making me feel so shitty and it's, and, and he, he basically was like, well, that's why, like, I don't want to keep making you feel shitty, but I can't be the only person that he's done this with because this is insanity. I, I, I also, uh, I don't know if I'm skipping around here, but he, he, the, the positives with him were that I felt like I was finally meeting somebody who was like my equal with being sensitive and being attentive and being thoughtful and in a little bit of uh, neuroses. Um, although it's probably not good that we both are neurotic because that's not going to be good at all. And, um, you know, we, I just felt like we were connecting on a level that was nice and I could feel really comfortable with my, my own skin, but at the same time, not comfortable within my own skin because then I have to, you know, I, I talk about my life on my show and my material and in my podcast, in my brand, that's like always who I've been. I love creating for my life. That's why I became an actor. Um, my mom has an issue with it too right now, by the way. My mom has an issue with the fact that I brought up my twin on one of the episodes, which I'm not going to do anymore except for this moment in time. Um, and then I had an argument with her about it and it's like, you know, my father who is past a couple of almost three years now always taught me to live my life was like, fuck what people think, be you. And I have felt so comfortable in my own skin in the last three years, more so than ever being who I am, especially when I left teaching full-time because I could really just put everything out there about who I am because I like helping other people through my craft and by putting myself out there. Now, does that mean that my daughter's not going to have a problem with it later down the road? She might. Um, um, does that mean my ex-husband might have a problem with it at some point? I know he might. Um, but I guess I'm taking a risk um, and just sharing who I am wholeheartedly and honestly. But this, but this gentleman, this guy, this gentleman, I was confused. I was trying to band-aid everything up and just like, let's just meet up and see. Because in my brain, I felt like we're going to meet and we're going to have more chemistry. And deep down, I knew and it's still going to be an issue for him. Because in the past, this has always happened. Went with the last guy, with the producer who lived in LA, I knew if we met in person, when we met in person, there was going to be fireworks. There were. It was going to be amazing. It was. And he still was going to have a problem. And he did. And same thing with this guy. Um, it was, it was disappointing. Cause I was like, even after we're still connecting, you're still fucking having a problem with it, which is his problem, not mine. Um, uh, but it's, it's a bummer, you know? And I, I keep asking God, like, why am I only attracted to these men that have major fucking issues with being with me, you know? And like, no matter how much they say what a great woman I am and how, um, like he said something about, it doesn't change how, how, um, special I am. Come on. Re really? 
it does change how special I am because I'm not special enough for you to get the fuck off your ass and figure it out. I'm sorry. It's fucking annoying. No woman wants to fucking hear this shit. What if I said to you, why the fuck like, are you, uh, you know, I don't even know where I would say, but like, it would, it'd be like me nitpicking something with him. And it's like, I don't understand you. You saw what I did. You came to my show. You liked me to connect enough. And, um, but you know, I think a lot of the times this is what happens with these men that I like that these men, I should say that I have a connection with, they're really awestruck by me at first. And then they, they, they go on like the producer guy that he said this to me, he was like, Oh, you're so self-expressed. You're so self-expressed. He would go on and on about it in the very beginning, how, how he was so amazed by me. And then by the end of our relationship, he fucking like told me how I was a victim. I played this and I, you know, was scared with this guy. I was like, Oh my God, I would never want that to happen with him. Cause he's such a sweet, gentle guy. What if that turned into a completely thing like the producer guy, which is why today I was like, I have to tell him, I don't want to talk to him anymore, which was breaking my heart because everything was breaking my heart because I do want to talk to him. I really like him, but talking to him is going to get me nowhere except disappointment, hurt, frustration, angry, aggravated, um, lose my temper. I, I don't want that. Um, and I, I had said, I was like, we should, at one point I was like, let me just, just be friends. Forget it. He's like, Oh, I didn't think that was an option. And I'm like, well, it's not, I'm just saying that because I don't know how else to band-aid this or say it so that I don't feel depressed inside and depressed is a strong word. And I don't, you know, I'm not depressed, but to feel like depressiveness, like sadness, melancholy, because you finally, you connect with somebody again and the same shit happens. It's, it's tolling. It is tolling. And that is why I do comedy about it because that is the part of my life. That's a fucking light. That's a shining bright star with some of these moments with these moments that are challenging, that are rough. Um, so I hope this comes out. Okay. And I, not that I hope, I know this will come out. Okay. Because how I'm trying to share with whoever's listening out there that the jokes I make on stage are part of my healing as a human and my growth. And when I decided to be an actor at freaking 16, when I was going to go to college for it, I was like, I want to help people and I want to share you know, by storytelling. Right. That was my whole thing. Especially like when I became a teacher too, I was like, I can still act, but in a classroom with kids and help them. And then when I did comedy, I was like, wow, I can really help people through my own divorce stories too. Like, like the shit that I feel pain for people can connect to. Um, and it's, it's, you know, this guy, I think understands that, but he was so nervous all of a sudden about other people, like his own, I think he was even nervous about, like, I just kind of said it was a really good foreplay. Um, I think he was nervous about that, but you know what? <laughs> We're never going to talk again. So I, I don't, no one's, I, again, I don't mention names and I don't, um, no one, it, it, this is, this whole platform is not for me to ruin somebody. It's for me to share how I'm going through something and help somebody else. Um, he bought me a gift that he gave me too. That was a really expensive gift for my birthday. And that, that confused me too, because I was like, why would you do that for someone you just really want to be friends with? Um, I, I wish I could understand where he's coming from with the religious practices. Um, I feel like I was, on my bed the other, I was on my bed earlier today crying because I, and I'm not saying that to feel pity for me, but just, I need to cry because it helps get out the feeling. It's like almost like when you throw up kind of thing. 
Um, and I was just like, God, I really enjoyed that moment of sensuality and talking and seeing pictures of his family and just, you know, those kinds of things. And it, it sucks because it's like, I can't be a part of that. And like, he should be feeling the same way about me that he can't be a part of my life. Um, which, which I struggle with. It's like, you know, now, so this whole thing has to be in his court, which is why I wanted to say today, um, like I struggle with the fear. I struggle with getting rejected by men. I I really hate that. I hate it. It makes me very upset and makes me feel very low about myself. And, um, this is another rejection. And it's like, but I'm not like, I keep telling myself, but like, I'm rejecting him because even if he came over to me, but then I'm like, why does it even matter who's rejecting who? Like, I, I, I think that it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, I said to myself, if you continue this, you're going to get further hurt. And you're going to feel even lower about yourself because he's going to be like, I can't do this anymore. So that's why this morning I was like, just say it flat out. I left him a voice recording yesterday and then I deleted it. But I was like, I slept on it and I was like, I cannot talk to you anymore. And the petty Michelle, petty Michelle in my head was annoyed because even in his message, he was like, I can't give you what you need. I'm like, don't say those things. You've already made me feel bad enough. Just fucking leave me alone and cry about me. And then I'll feel better. <laughs> if you cry about me and you are mourning the loss of Michelle M. Trainer, then I will feel good inside. No, just, that sounds really bad, but let's be real ladies, men. We do want people to feel the pain that we're feeling because it sucks. Not that we want, no, let me say that again. Not that we want them to feel pain, but this whole situation frustrated me. And I was trying to be stern about my boundaries. And, um, and I, I think, I still think I was, I think that this was like the last scenario. Like we didn't really, um, this was the second time we saw each other in or third time we saw each other in person. Um, and you know, if this continued further down the road, I would have really smacked myself, which I really hope, um, I stick with because, you know, it's, it's, it's a universe. It's, I, I don't know why the universe God is sending me these, the same kind of message. Um, clearly it's because I'm not learning it or they want me to create from it or, it's just a sign that the one for me is coming, you know, like these, these things keep happening where they're, it's even better than the last guy kind of thing, you know, like, Oh, he's even like the producer guy was, um, I thought very vulnerable and sweet and like really attentive to me, but this guy was even more so and sensitive and, um, like always willing to talk to me in a way that was like nurturing. And I haven't really had that. So I was like, Oh, well, maybe the next one is really going to hit it. But then I just was crying before going, please, I cannot take this, this roller coaster of up and down and then throwing me off. I can't take it anymore. It's, it's really breaking me down. Like it breaks me down to a point where I don't, I, I can't focus as much. I don't focus great when I, when this happens, hence why I have a show about the men I date and kind of thing. Cause at least it's monetizing off my therapy needs. Um, but it's, it's hard. Um, the shows went well though. And the irony of all of this is that I'm getting booked more. Um, I just need to make some more money. That's what I really need to make some more money. And I'm, I'm working hard at my getting my savings back with, with every, with just, 
my craft. And um, I got booked this weekend. I was booked in a job already this weekend. And then I got booked last minute on Saturday night. Um, and I was super excited. I was at the Barnum Ballroom Friday night. And then I was hosting at Bananas Comedy Club Saturday night. What such great shows. Um, and I felt good. Um, so I feel like the craft part is working. I just have to, my concern is that this is going to throw me off and I'm going to like be lying in my bed tomorrow, like not wanting to get up because my, and, and I don't say that because of like, oh, I'm getting depressed. No, I'm saying that because emotionally when I connect with somebody and then I feel them and I, I'm around them and, um, there's great feelings there. And then there's, and then there's the down of like, I can't do this because this, 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 uh, disappointment hits me in a way that's, that's, it tears at my soul and not to sound over dramatic, but it does, it really rips at my soul. And, um, as much as people say, you can't take it personal that it's not you, it's them. It, it always feels like it's me. It really does. And, um, I don't know. I don't know how to fix that. You know, like, I don't know what else to do to fix it. I guess I can't, I guess this is just maybe my path that I'm going to keep meeting these men that are so awestruck by me, but so awestruck to not fucking be with me too. <laughs> um, and the other thing was I kind of wanted to share, I know we're going to go into a little bit of a darker road in a second, but, um, I've had a lot of, uh, I don't want to say trauma cause I guess it's trauma, but there's, uh, my own baggage that I bring to the table that does affect the way I interpret everything. Um, and that might be a reason why I, I, it, it hits me hard when these disappointments happen. All right. So we're going to get a little deep right now. Uh, when I was in college, I think I'd share this before on my, um, podcast. Uh, I, I didn't tell this guy that, but you know, I, I would have told him more had we gotten to the next phase of intimacy because it's important. I like, I, I have a definite in, um, issue with abandonment with men with sex because my first experience with sex was, um, you know, I don't hate saying the term, but it's like what it was, I guess. And, um, uh, so I was like date raped and college. And I always like hate saying it because I'm like, but it was some, uh, my good friend's brother. And, um, we were at a football party and like, I had hooked up with him before, but I, I was still a virgin and he knew it. And I thought he remembered he didn't he fucked me. It was a whole thing. I was wasted. Um, and I didn't know until afterwards because he asked me if I was in birth control. And so it was like a mess and I had to go to Planned Parenthood the next day. I was crying. I mean, and in my, the at Planned Parenthood is when the doctor was like, I, you know, if, do you feel like this was rape? Cause I explained everything to her and she's like, I was like, no, no, no. It was my best friend's brother. She goes, yeah, but this is what happens. Like, these are the scenarios that are exactly what you're expressing. And I refused it, you know, to hear that. Um, I was so nervous for a month that I was pregnant. That was the whole concern. Um, cause you know, he didn't use a condom and all that stuff. So it was a mess. And I then, um, was out of the weeds. I wasn't pregnant and, um, let it go. <laughs> um, this guy is now a special ed teacher <laughs> with two kids. He's, he's, he's been a superhero on NBC news. He like delivered his son, uh, in their house. Like, I'll never forget that. I saw that. I'm like, oh, is that funny? <laughs> so interesting. Um, anyway, he, uh, and I, I don't, I don't think this guy is like a demon or anything. I do think that what happened was not, was a really horrific, uh, I think what happened was very traumatic for me. 
Uh, I don't think he's a demon. I, I had a long history. I had a long uh, time before I could not see him as a demon, but I don't think he is. I think that it was unfortunate that that situation happened, um, but it left me feeling very alone, very scared, very abandoned and isolated, just horrible, horrible. And I didn't want to be touched. And I, every time was, I think the, after that, when I did hook up with a guy, I was very like scared that I was going to forget or not realize I was having sex. So there was a lot of issues like that. Um, and then I didn't have sex again. So I was 19 and then I didn't have sex again till I was with my ex-husband. Um, it was 23. So it was a long time, uh, in between. I mean, I, I was with guys, but not like I was kissing or making out nothing majorly past third base ish. Um, but, uh, like oral sex, none of that. I never, I never gave a guy a blow job until I met my ex-husband. So I, cause I, I just didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, I had a lot of, I was very, I was just very nervous about a lot of things. And I am a very sexual person, but that time frame in my life was really hard after that happened. And, um, I guess a lot of the issues from that kind of thing with men. And I always, and I really liked that guy too. <laughs> I liked him before the whole rape thing happened. I, I really liked him. And, um, I felt like maybe that issue was like, I could never get him, but like he fucked me, you know? And then, um, when I met my ex-husband, um, you know, we had a bit of an issue. Um, he didn't tell me, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he passed an STD to me. Um, and I didn't know. And he told me afterwards and I was like, what the fuck? And then, um, you know, I had to deal with that and I stayed with him because at the time I loved him and I just dealt with it and that was it. And, but it was like another, it was, it was literally like the whole thing was happening again in my head when it, when he told me and I was like, what? And I literally, this had been like, I waited to have sex with him too for months after we were dating. Um, I went away and did a show, came back and he told me like, right. At, it was just, it was a mess. I was like, are you kidding me? You should have told me that I, before, when we had to, you know, when we were intimate and then, um, you know, it left me feeling like I loved him and I felt bad because, but like at the same, like, but I felt mad and I was angry and I was like, what? So, uh, but I stayed with him, you know, and we got through that, but, um, you know, and I don't regret staying with him because, you know, we have a daughter and we did have love, but that was, that was traumatic too. <laughs> um, I, it was, it was traumatic. I was in a bad place for a long time from it. And, um, I also feel like there was points where I just shifted a lot of myself. Um, it was so, so I guess I'm, I'm saying this to the, in the podcast world, whoever's listening is because, um, I don't know if those issues are following me now, maybe they are. Um, I definitely, um, I, I don't like, and that was the other thing is too, is like, I, I need to trust my partner and I, I did trust this. I, I, I have trusted the majority of them that I've slept with. Like the last, I've only slept with like 10 guys and the last guy that I slept with, um, the producer, well, actually it was the cop. So, but he was a repeat. I, I should trust all of them, but then after I'd have sex, like I would be like, so what are we, who are we Like I was dating the cop. So I knew we were dating, but, um, there was, then there was the coach who was in a, who was married, but we, we stayed together for a year and a half. I don't know why I thought that was a relationship. Like why in my brain would I do that? You know? And then there was the producer, um, who 
you know, the few in between were just like, they, I personally didn't think there was sexual chemistry and we were dating for a little bit and it was like, meh. Um, but the, the producer and I, I had really good chemistry and he knew everything. I shared everything with, I mean, they shared everything with all of them, but, um, with the producer, like, I really thought he saw, saw me in a deeper level. And that, that was false because when I, when he told me he just wanted to be friends with benefits, it like shook my world. So anyway, with this guy, I did trust with this new guy, you know, if we, if we were to go into the, the intimacy level had to have at least like we're in it, we're dating. Like I couldn't go forward unless he said, yeah, I'm dating you. That's it. We're, we're exclusively dating or there's no, not that we have to go through this label, but like, I'm only dating you and I want to go further with you. That cause, cause to me, I keep, I keep forgetting that I have to, um, I, there's the abandonment thing, you know, and, 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 or trust issues. Like you can say all you want to me that you're just focusing on me. I don't know if I, I really, there's 50, 50% chance that you're lying. Um, I, and I, I hate to say that this guy was lying, but you know, there was a small part of me, um, when I was with him that was like, is he just doing all this to see how far I'd go? Um, because most of the time, this is what they do. Men do. Um, the men that I feel for do, um, they, they do it in all different ways. And I, I felt stuck with the producer because at first I really did believe he really liked me. And then when I got home from LA, I was like, oh, he did this because I live far away. And I was like shook from the whole thing. And, you know, I, I, I think there's a little bit that he did like me, but you know, the other part of me was like, oh, perfect for him because he doesn't have to deal with me at all because I live 3000 miles away. Um, and then like with this guy, this new guy, I started to have like alarms going off in my head when we were, you know, just kind of snuggling and massaging, I guess you'd say, uh, but, but not massaging in a, in, in, like I said, not massaging in a third base way. Oh, it was pretty fucking hot. Let me tell you, I have not felt that way when someone's like kissed on me and like, I, I don't think I've. I don't, my body is not twitched like that just from a kiss. So that was pretty hot, but that's another disappointing part because it's like, Oh, that's what I fucking need in my life. You know, you need, I need that. And it, it, and I, and I was, I think I was also crying. Like I was, when I was, you know, upset before I was like, I need that. It's like, it's like you need coffee, you know? And it's like, how much longer am I going to have to wait for that? And then I said to myself, you need to turn that around into, but I have all these other things that can replace that. And I, I do because I have all these things with my work and with my daughter that can replace this, this sensuality of a fucking twitch. I, I know I'm downplaying that, but like I do, I do need it and I do want it. I don't want to, exp- I don't want to not have it in my life. So I was definitely bummed by the whole thing. And I'm, I'm frustrated and I'm angry because um, I just kind of want to shake him and be like, you're being a fucking idiot. Um, or someone else to tell him that like, can, can his therapist be like, you're a fucking moron. What are you doing? Get your fucking balls from the ground and go call her up and beg her for forgiveness and take her out for a fucking fancy dinner, vegan, non-vegan, whatever you want to do. <sighs> um, so that is what's going on. <laughs> um, Yeah. So I am doing my upcoming shows in Chicago and we're taping it for a live stream. Uh, We're taping it for a live stream. Okay. That didn't make any sense, Michelle. I am doing a live taping of divorce series for a streaming platform 
this no this 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 Michelle this November this is November eleven twenty six in Chicago and I need tickets to go up tickets are low tickets are high tickets are low tickets are low I need more seats to be filled so I'm really hoping this week I can get my brain fucking screwed on right um, and sell tickets. And I also am going to be at Governor's Comedy Club December 2nd, and I'm going to be at the West Side Improv New Year's Eve for Divorce Diary Special Edition New Year's Eve, baby, um, in Wheaton, Illinois. Um, and then back at the Comedy Dojo in January. So go get your holiday gift for somebody for a divorce day or just for you. You can buy a ticket on divorcediaryshow.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I, it feels good to be back on the podcast and I hope you keep living your happily divorced after I'm Michelle Trina and this is divorce diaries.